Hey, this is Steve Balton. You are here on My Turning Point, where this week we have a really fun holiday-themed conversation with Kevin and Scott from Pentatonics. I spoke to the guys about their new album, We All Need a Little Christmas, a very aptly named record for 2020, and all things holidays from their favorite Christmas songs and movies to how 2020 has changed them and what they're going to be looking forward to when they get back on the road in 2021. Hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did. One of the reasons I like joint interviews is because you actually get that interplay, that back and forth. And I'm going to guess, you know, it's funny because Foo Fighters talked about this. Dave Grohl talked about this when they did the Foo Fighters live stream. They hadn't all been together in six months. So I'm going to guess it's been a minute since you guys have actually gotten to hang out and see each other. Oh, well, actually, you'd be surprised. It's only been a week. We did the Macy's Day Parade. Yeah. But but if you look at the relative to the year, we have not seen each other very much. Exactly. I was going to say, I mean, so how was that, by the way? It's such a weird thing when, you know, like, it's fascinating when you, when, you know, there are public things at this point. How'd it go? It went well. I mean, it was like definitely very different from past Macy's parades. You know, you get a COVID test every eight hours (laughs) and and everyone's wearing masks and there's like about a fourth of people working and we didn't go on the float and ride around. We just went out to the float sang, got off the float and left. It was like, (laughs) but I'm glad it still happened. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's a very different, you know, year for you guys because normally around this time you'd be constantly on tour and, you know, out doing all the holiday shows and the radio stuff and all that. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's funny. One of the things though, that I've talked about with artists so much this year, and we'll come on to your Christmas turning point moments in a second and then get onto the new album. But it's really interesting is, you know, um, whether I was talking with Tim McGraw, whether I was talking with John Bon Jovi, artists find themselves spending more time at home than they ever have in their adult lifetime. And so <laughs> for you guys, you know, what's it like? You're, you're nodding your head. Yep. But, I mean, what is it like to actually be home for the holidays for once? That's a very good question. You know what's funny? Okay, so I know Scott has this too, but if you look behind me, there's a Christmas tree. And I've never had a Christmas tree in all the years we've been in Pentatonics. I feel like Scott could say the same. So to start making this place festive is such a weird concept. And I wasn't even sure if I even wanted a Christmas tree because we do this year round. So I'm like, I don't want anything that reminds me of what we do normally. But I was like, this is actually really nice. I'm excited to get into the spirit in like our own way, in a way that's not necessarily about, you know, just the business of what we do, but just enjoy the holiday as well, just for the season it is as well. It's it's really exciting, honestly. And there's pros and cons to it. The pros, like Kevin was saying, is we get to decorate the house. All year, we've got to feel like a normal person who has a routine at home. But at the same time, like for nine years of our career, we pretty much tour year round. And so it's so hard to adapt to a new lifestyle. That's been like a tough thing. Yeah. Well, but it's interesting what you say about, and this should tie in with your Christmas rose, but it's interesting what you say about, you know, how you do Christmas year round. So you weren't even sure if you wanted a Christmas tree. You're a kid, you're a music geek, you're a big fan. And then you see what it's like behind the curtain and you realize what it takes to put on a show mm-hmm. and all that. It's kind of like finding the wizard behind the, you know, the <laughs> curtain. So for you guys, is it fun to get to tap back into that? And it's funny because does it take you back a little bit to being a kid where you actually get to enjoy Christmas versus that, you know, like, okay, Christmas is our job. I, 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 I don't know. What would you say, Scott? 
I was going to say in some ways, yes, but in other ways, I mean, we're still doing, I mean, remotely a bunch of TV shows and we're doing these private gigs, Christmas gigs. We recorded a whole Christmas album from home that we had to engineer ourselves at home. And so it still has felt very, and we had to arrange 12 songs via Zoom. So it still has felt aggressively (laughs) Christmas work, but I guess the decorations and the playing Christmas music while you make dinner, that has all felt more normal. Yeah, completely. I, I agree with that. All right. So, so take me back before Christmas was work for you guys, before you had spent it as your job, what was your sort of favorite Christmas moments as kids? Oh man. So as a kid, we, I'm from a, a, a place called Owensboro, Kentucky, and we had the shelter called the Rick Patino shelter. And every Christmas, my family and I would go there to volunteer, bake cookies um, because they, you know, for them, you know, if it's about the story of Jesus and God, if, if you will, then, you know, this is really about service more than, you know, receiving. And so that's the thing that I honestly remember the most. And I feel like that's kind of tied into what we do is, uh, as pentatonics with our job, because I mean, this is really, I feel like for what we get to do, it's a service during Christmas time to bring so much joy to so many families. So it's nice to kind of get back to that route when we're touring. It, it, it is a service that feels more like anything else. Yeah. I wish I would have gone first because mine is about receiving. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a tough right, one to follow. Because then you guys cover both sides of Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just remember being like four years old, three years old. And I think there's a video of it online. And I'm, I got a Buzz Lightyear Toy Story was my favorite Um my favorite movie and I got a Buzz Lightyear that was like this big and I was only that big. So it was, oh, so cool. and I just remember screaming, I got a Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> <laughs> it was a moment. And it's just like such a specific memory of my childhood. Yeah. But you know what? It's fun because it's one of those things where it's like that excites you for Christmas. And, you know, I mean, you know, would you, yeah. would you, you know, now be singing about Christmas year round if you hadn't had that early Christmas memory? Oh, true. <laughs> Maybe that's what made me fall in love with Christmas. Right. Thank you, Toy Story. <laughs> so, but it's interesting then for you guys as you've gotten older and you get to see, I mean, one of the cool things is, right, when you do what you do, you get to see it from the eyes of it. It's funny because, you know, then Scott, don't feel too bad about yours being about, you know, receiving because now as you do it, you do get to bring so much joy to people. So, you know, talk about getting that experience of getting to see it through their eyes when you guys are touring over the years. And obviously in 2020, it's very different and you don't get that interaction, but you know, the, the, the feeling you get when you're singing songs around Christmas time for people who, you know, and a lot of times I'm sure it's very family oriented. I'm sure there are a lot of kids there. Oh, it's incredible. Like when we are at meet and greets and we see like, we always say this, but like we see like a mother with their daughter and their daughter, and they all talk about how the three of them can all bond over one thing. And thank you, Pentatonics, for giving that to our family. And then to see entire full families of people, extended families in the crowd, singing along, clapping along, having a good time, just to know that we're having that impact and creating Christmas memories for these families is something that's hard to describe. It's just surreal. I agree. So I, I have nothing to say. That's I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so take me through We Need a Little Christmas. And by the way, it's so funny because you talk about the fact that you, you know, do uh, Christmas music year round. But I mean, I, I feel like it's funny. Like I was talking with someone about it the other day. I can't remember who now because I do so many interviews. But it's like you hit upon these things that it's like, all right, I don't know if it was always intended to be titled We Need a Little Christmas, but I feel like, man, that's an app title for 2020. 
Yeah, that was definitely the intention. Yeah. Um, we've been wanting to cover that song for years, but it's always just like made the second alternate or something. And so we were like, I'm so glad we saved it for this year because this is the year that everyone literally needs a little Christmas. Um, and so it was a perfect fit. Yeah. And, and I feel like the way we tried to arrange the whole album was similar to, to how we do in the past. Find songs that are a little bit left field. Uh, find songs that are, you know, dead set on, on, on being Christmas joy. And then, you know, it's cool. Like, you know, Scott and Mark, uh, his boyfriend wrote a, a, an original song called Thank You, which I think is very um, reminiscent of how we also feel about Christmas that, you know, we, we're thankful for the joy it brings amidst this crazy year. And so it's eclectic. It's fun. It's very vocal, obviously, because it's acapella, but just even the way that we arrange it. And, and I, I'm really excited for people to, to hopefully get to a chance to listen to it this year. Well, it's interesting. Take me through for both of you guys, then the songs that you cover and, and how you choose them. And, and, you know, it's funny because you say that you got lucky that you, you know, saved, we need a little Christmas, but I mean, are there other songs that you had been wanting to do for a while and then it just hadn't worked out or, you know, sort of the idea of, you know, the songs that you do. Um, I'll say like seasons of love, for example, I think we, you know, the band has like most of the people in the band have done stuff in Broadway or you know with the you know growing up doing musical theater and Kersey obviously has has done some Broadway musicals on on Broadway itself and so that one was I think a really fun left field one to add because it kind of feels Christmassy uh, and we'd always wanted to do it um, and I think that was a that was a really fun choice to add. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that completely. I also like that we did my favorite things. And I like the take we took on it, making it kind of like, in a way, like spooky and exciting. Um, and then I, we finally did Rudolph. And I have this list in my phone that I have, just a running list at all times um, of every Christmas song I hear that we haven't done. And it's actually pretty long. And so usually we'll just go through that list and be like, wait, we haven't done Silver Bells, which we still haven't done, by the way. <laughs> so we can do Silver Bells next year. We haven't done I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas yet. Right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, now it's funny because now I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's hard for me to keep track of stuff. So there are a couple of uh, Christmas ones that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wonder if you've done them or not, you know, and, and playing with it more, having fun with like, what's interesting because, you know, you have a song like... Uh, you know, I saw grandma kissing Santa Claus. Yeah, we haven't then, done that. Right. And then there are like, you know, some great rock Christmas songs like uh, John Lennon, Happy Christmas, right. War is Over, The King's oh, Father yeah. Christmas, Band-Aid, Do They Know It's Christmas, which is a massive one to undertake. So oh, yeah, we talked about that too. Yeah, as you think about it, there are a lot of them. So I also love, by the way, though, well, wait, let's put you on the spot. One rock Christmas song that you guys haven't done yet. That would be fun to do. Oh, I like, I, I think this is rock. Please come home for Christmas. Please come home for Christmas. Yeah. Oh, the Eagles? Yeah. The Eagles are rock. Yeah. yeah rock, rock. Yeah. Yeah. I, probably I, don't know. I mean, we talked about the John Lennon one wars over. I, I, if we could figure out a way to make that work for us, it's just so massive. Like we would need like a, a massive choir and, you know. That's the children's one. choir. Yeah, exactly. And so like we, for this year, it didn't, it didn't really makes sense i think in terms of like the logistics but i, I think yeah. we can figure that one out sometime that'd be a cool bonus track for next year yeah all right so and, and you know i love the white christmas too where you actually have the the bing crosby now fun fun aside to it actually friends of mine actually you probably know them they used to be the band carmen now it's queen herbie i'm sure you played oh, oh yeah I, yeah nick and amy 
I'm sorry, my, my, yeah, uh, they had moved into a house in Burbank. They're very good friends of mine. That was actually part of the Crosby family. And they claimed that that was actually where white Christmas had been written. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. They don't live in that house in Burbank anymore. They've lived in like three houses. Uh, since then, so but but you know, so I always have a special affinity for that song, having you know spent time at the place where Bing at the bar where Bing supposedly wrote it. But so it's interesting. How did it come to be that you actually got to record the version, obviously with his vocals, obviously not with him since he's been passed for many years? Oh, I think it was that I think his label Decca had asked us about doing a collaboration. And we were so, I mean, it's, that's like one of the most iconic Christmas songs with his vocals. So I, I think we were a little nervous because we were just like, can we, can we even do this justice in a way that people will be like, no, we don't want any pentatonics on this. We just want the original. <laughs> so that's what they Truly, truly. Yeah, uh, yeah, because the, the original is the top selling, not only Christmas song, but like song of all time, right? Am I crazy? It's no, I don't think you're crazy. It's, it's up there. I don't know exactly the numbers, but it's yeah. It's up there. Yeah. Right. So it was like, it, it, it's like us redoing Mariah Carey, you know, All I Want for Christmas, where I'm like, is this a good idea? Is this <laughs> blasphemous? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. is it blasphemous? But I mean, we felt so honored that, and, and we, you know, we did our best with it. So I'm, I'm so happy that, that people have, have enjoyed it and we could, you know, put it on our album. So yeah, yeah it was an honor. It really was. Well, it's interesting though, too. It's funny that you say, is it blasphemy? But at the same time, because you're doing it with his voice, do you feel like at the same time, you know, what's cool about it is you're one, getting to honor the memory of that song, which is so timeless. And two, also you're introducing it to fans who maybe, you know, (laughs) granted, as we say, it's one of the top selling songs of all time. There probably aren't that many people who haven't heard it, (laughs) but, (laughs) but still, you know, there might be some five-year-olds or six-year-olds in the audience who are hearing it for the first time. And it's like, you know. Yeah, that's true. True. And it's just cool to hear our voices combined. <laughs> that, exactly. All right. So, so now I'm going to put you on the spot again. If you're going to do a Christmas song with another, you know, voice combined with a legend, who would you want to do it? Because I think of Bing Crosby and David Bowie doing Little, Little Drummer Boy. What would Ooh. be your, you know, favorite Christmas duet? I mean, I feel like we did it though. Like last year with uh, with Whitney Houston. With Whitney Houston, true. Like that one to me, I was like, I I, I was flabbergasted because I mean, she's like the one of the absolute greatest vocalists of all time. So the fact that we could do that and and hopefully try to bring that one some justice as well. I mean, give that justice as well. I mean, I don't know. I just don't know how much bigger. We, literally, it'd have to be Mariah. I, I want you guys to be on, and I'll be like, okay. I mean, I, well, I would love. I'd love to collaborate with Stevie Wonder. We we got to sing with him on the Grammys, and his voice with ours was a really. It was a vibe. So I would love to do that for a Christmas track. <laughs> All right. So what Christmas track would you do with Stevie? Oh well, we've already done what Christmas means to me, my love. Right. <laughs> but I, but I, I would love to do a remix of it with him on the solo. Hundred percent. That would be so good. All right, so tell me about the thank you too. It's interesting because I talk about this with artists all the time, right? When you're writing to, because you have these 12 existing songs and then you're writing something that obviously has to fit in with these songs because, you know, you're not going to do a Christmas album and then write a Valentine's Day song because it kind of doesn't really fit in. So talk about, you know, the writing of Thank You a little bit and what you were looking for or how that sort of came to be to fit in with the rest of the record. Yeah, so you know, I, I might have been just listening to folklore too much, but I was like, I couldn't get, I couldn't get out of my head that I really wanted for this album like a very gentle, sincere, emotional 
um, ballad that connected with people and um, just reminded people and inspired people to remember the the people in their life that meant a lot to them and that changed their life during this 2020 year. And so I just sat down at the piano with my boyfriend and we just started writing what we're thankful for about each other. And it honestly came together in a few hours and I just sent it to the band and was like, do you like this? Mark and I just wrote it. And everyone was like, honestly, this is really emotional and the melodies are beautiful and let's do it. And uh, that's how it came about. It was all really quick. It's so funny because you're actually my second interview of the day and I had just done Adam Clayton from U2 and we were talking about, you know, there's no sort of rhyme or reason to why a song comes quickly. Like you're saying, one was a song that came quickly, but then Walk On, which won Record of the Year for Grammys, which was a really difficult one and they never knew that that was going to be successful. So it's funny for you guys, as you were writing the song, did you have that feeling or could you feel something in it? Or is it just something that, you know, when the rest of the band heard it and they all really liked it and got emotional, that then you would kind of knew you hit something? Um, actually when I was, when we were writing it, I, I was like getting emotional and then I, I recorded it at my piano and I would listen to it over and over and over. And whenever I listen to something I've made over and over and over, I feel like there's something maybe special to it. So I did have faith the band would, uh, like it, but you never know. There was other songs in the mix too, that were, that were great. And so when everyone connected with this one the most, I was so happy. And then when we all arranged it and performed it together, it was magic. All right, so since you were listening to a lot of folklore, I'm going to ask both of you, what, what Christmas song would you want to do with Taylor Swift? Ooh. I feel like I'd want to write one with her. Yeah, that's it. That's definitely that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that. Or it could be cool to take a song from folklore or one of her B-side songs from another album and kind of Christmify it. Ooh, yeah, because that song Cardigan, I feel like just, I mean, just the word Cardigan, like if there's a way to make it, that, feels- hard, that would be... Great. Yeah. A Christmas version of Christmas cardigan, we'll call it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So for you guys, it's interesting because, you know, everyone in 2020 has done the remote shows, obviously. And as you say, you're doing a lot of them. You know, it's so interesting for you guys. How do you approach it differently? And, and, you know, I I mean, yeah, well, let's start with that. Oh, I, I don't know if we're doing Christmas shows this, this year. I don't think we're doing any Christmas shows. We're just doing the private Zoom, like for like different companies doing shows for them. But we haven't done any, been able to do any public shows this year. But, yeah. I don't but know, even maybe for we the could. even doing the private ones for Zoom, I mean, it's obviously it's a very different. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, what we try to do is that we try to go into a studio and just kind of perform a lot of the songs, just because we want to make sure it sounds good and stuff like that. Like we wouldn't do it just like this over Zoom because it's hard to connect everybody's voices, the lag and the latency. So that's kind of what we've done. We just kind of all go into a studio, make sure everybody's been COVID tested and, and perform there. It's so funny when you talk about the COVID, you know, it's such a weird, different time. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I feel music, like I get three a week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So for you guys, then it's funny as you start to think back to, you know, or start to look ahead a little bit rather, hopefully, you know, with vaccines looking promising, some new uh, administration that, you know, maybe we'll listen to science a little more, you know, as things start to look a little promising for 2021, what are the things you are, you know, most looking forward to about doing in live shows again in, you know, whenever it's 2021, 2022, whatever it is that you can get back on the road and do holidays. It's also an interesting thing, right? I talk about this with artists all the time and sorry, but I just thought about this. Look, when you have a break from anything, 
it gives you a different appreciation for it. No one mm. anticipated this break. No one expected. You know, I think back to March when everybody was like, yeah, it'll be a couple of weeks or whatever, you know. But I yeah. mean, do you feel like having this time that, you know, when you do get back on the road, you will have a different appreciation for it. And it's like, okay, now it, it may be, look, it gets to be routine. You have to do it all the time when you are no longer, you know, when, when you didn't get to do it, does it give you a new appreciation for the thought of it? I mean, I yes. would say so. Yeah. I, I will say this though. And, and I'm so thankful that we toured so much in, you know, the first, which will next year be 10 years of our career. Um, that, that as much as I appreciate it, I think now, I think we've all enjoyed this time at home that I hope we can find like a really great balance. Balance, there's yeah. Something, there's something really special of being home and recharging fully so that your mind is in an even more, I mean, I think intentional creative space that allows you to make great work so that when you go out there, you, you can have a real blast. I think sometimes when you're writing out of a depleted cup, it's, it's, it's hard to make great music. And I feel like a lot of times that's what we've, we've done. And I'm thankful that the music has been great, but I feel like even now, like, wow, I, I think I'd, I'd like to really have a balance. If, I mean, that's my personal thought. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think I do have a new appreciation for being on stage and feeling that energy of the crowd and connecting with them musically. Yeah. That that's, that's always so beautiful. But I also see your point, Kevin, that like, I mean, in the past nine years, we have hit the ground running, like nonstop, wow. maybe get two weeks off here and there. And um, now that we've been home longer, you have this revelation that, oh, maybe I should be home a little bit more. So we'll definitely yeah. keep touring because that's our, our life and we love it. But yeah, I do think that we'll, we'll take a little more time off now. Well, it's such an interesting thing as well, because I mean, look, you, you can't have, well, okay, let me rephrase this. I talked about this with artists quite a bit through the year. Look, most people are going to take lessons from this year and apply them to their life and things will be slightly different. Of course, you're going to have some people who are incredibly shallow, who just don't see any need to change. And it's like, nothing's going to be different for them. But I think for most people, things are going to be somewhat different. And it's interesting because I think back to an interview I did with Brandi Carlisle and she talked about all of the love, for example, being shown these small venues and how, you know, look, she, as she pointed out, no one's sitting there worrying about the Target Center. Everyone's sitting there thinking about the Warfield and these small venues that they came up playing. And she's like, well, maybe I will just go do a month of shows at the Troubadour now. You know, for her, that was one way things would be different. So it's interesting when you guys mm. think ahead to how you want to do that balance are there things that you want to do differently, you know, in addition to just being at home more that you think you now have, have made you sort of appreciate like David Guetta, for example, was telling me, he's like, I've never spent a holiday with my kids in the summer ever. <laughs> he's like, I've never gotten to do it. And he's like, it was freaking awesome. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if I thought, I don't know if we thought through that far in advance in terms of what we'd want to for sure do differently. But I mean, I think just the inklings of of how we do something, I think it's something that we need to have a group conversation about more and more. Mm -hmm. But I, I do know we've enjoyed it for sure to be home more. That's for sure. And so I think we we probably discussed more like what does it look like? Because, you know, for us, it's so interesting that we, our record cycle is different for most artists, right? We put out, you know, an album usually each year and then we tour that each year, right? And so... You know, the fact that also we have an original album coming up, maybe we can do kind of what a traditional artist does where we, you know, tour an album for two years, but we can really space it out even, 
you know, uh, we can space it out differently to give us more time at home. I'm not sure. I have no idea. Um, yeah. We'll have to figure it out. Yeah, we'll have Just to Just like it out. the rest of 2020, we're taking it a day at a time. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> uh, nice. Well, we'll wrap up in a minute. I won't keep you guys too much longer, but uh, a couple questions. One, well, you know what? I should ask. I mean, obviously, because now it's also the time for Christmas movies. So do you guys watch Christmas movies? Or are you like, no, we live Christmas year round. The last thing we want to freaking watch is a Christmas film. Oh, no. I'm like a Christmas loving queen. So I watch Christmas <laughs> movies for sure. Yeah. I've, I've watched like the new ones this year, Jingle Jangle and Happiest Season. And they're so good. Um, and then obviously like It's a Wonderful Life and the old ones I love too. What, what, what are the best? Like, what are the, the, you know, I mean, it's funny because we talked about the Christmas song. All right, let's, let's, re, re, let's redo this in a different way from a pentatonic standpoint. If there's, you know, because obviously we talked about doing something with Bing Crosby and working with his voice. If there's one Christmas classic movie that you guys could dub yourselves into and sing an acapella song in a scene, what would it be? Home Alone, for sure. Oh, whoa. Probably Which Home one? Alone, yeah. Okay. Home Alone. Home Alone <laughs> would be iconic. But also the um, the Grinch with Jim Carrey. Because oh, that's probably my favorite Christmas movie. But we got to be in the new Bene- Benedict Cumberbatch remake of The Grinch in a scene where we're all singing and caroling. And so we kind of got to fulfill that dream. But the Jim Carrey version is chef's kiss. All right. So uh, what about for you? Kevin, what are your couple Christmas favorite movies? Or do you not uh, watch Christmas movies? You know, I haven't, I haven't actually watched a ton of Christmas movies, to be very honest with you. But I mean, Home Alone is a classic. I've definitely seen that one. It is amazing. It is wonderful. And, you know, my wife is trying to get me... One of the things she's been trying to get me this year is just to watch a lot more TV and movies. So, like, yesterday I watched, like, The Undoing with Nicole Kidman, and it's amazing. And so... I'm, I'm, like, I need to watch that. It's so... Good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway, so I feel like my wife's gonna get me to 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 watch a lot more uh, this season. All right. So so for each of you then, because it's funny. Obviously, that's been one of the defining things of 2020. Is let's face it, everybody has time to watch TV that they never right. never had before. Literally. Never. All right. So what have been your favorite shows of 2020? Oh my gosh. Where will we get? Definitely the undoing. Uh, the morning show was amazing, incredible. Um, you know what? This is just me, and because I, I have never ever really watched these shows, but I started watching a lot of like reality TV. So like the Beverly Hills Housewives, like the New Jersey Housewives, <laughs> like Southern Charm. I have literally never watched these, and I never understood the appeal. And my wife loves watching them, and I sat down with her like one day, just watched one episode, and I got hooked. I am a fan. Oh my goodness. They'll get you. Episodes, like it's, it's great. Uh, Scott, what are your couple favorite shows of 2020? Or the shows, it's funny because um, I also went back and watched shows that I hadn't watched in years. So it doesn't have to be a 2020 show. Oh yeah. I mean, I just finished Queen's Gambit last night. Me too. I loved last it. night. It's, oh, really, it's so good. It's about, it's about this brilliant chess player girl. Ooh, you got to watch it. It's on Netflix. And then Mandalorian. It's phenomenal. Mandalorian, I've been watching. Um, and then Living With Yourself, the Paul Rudd. Okay. Show. You need to check that out. It's crazy. Oh, cool. I binged that in one night. Really? Yeah. Okay, because I'm not going to lie. I love Paul Rudd. I could not get into that one, though. So I, I will go back and revisit it then since we agreed on Queen's oh, Gambit. Because really? I do. I love Paul <laughs> Rudd. I'm a big fan. 
Yeah, yeah. I love Paul Rudd too. For some reason, that type of plot like is fun for me. All right. And so for both of you, we'll wrap up in a second, but it, it, it's interesting. I mean, all right, let's, let's take it back to being kids. And it's like, you know, for you, it was the Buzz Lightyear. And Kevin, for you, it was the giving. What It's funny because everyone has that one thing that they always, I think of a movie, like one of my favorite Christmas movies, although now it's been played too damn much as a Christmas story, but the oh. Red Rider BB gun. What, what was that dream Christmas gift for both of you? What was your Red Rider BB gun? Yeah. You know what? So one gift that I do remember that like changed my life was um, Final Fantasy VII. Um, and I got a PlayStation with that. I wore that thing out. I love that game. It's obviously one of the most classic video games. And then they just had a remake that they put out this year. And so I got a PS4 and played that, beat it twice. And so <laughs> it's, it's like such a memorable time like I, I, this is how memorable it is it is to me so i would play it so much that my mom because she's from the caribbean she'd come into my room and i've been playing for like 24 48 hours like just going at it she goes you smell like a ram goat you need to get to this tower. <laughs> you smell so bad you just been playing all day all night so it was so good that was a great uh gift <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine's definitely a video game too. My, it was an N64 for me. The Buzz Lightyear and the N64 were the two kickers. <laughs> All right. Last question, but I'm going to let you guys go in a second. But I'm just curious as a fan, because obviously we talked about Christmas because it tied into this. But I mean, you know, look, there's so much new music that comes out all the time. There's so much great stuff. What, what are the one or two songs that you haven't done, not Christmas songs, that, you know, or stuff you listen to this year that you're like, all right, we would love to try that when we can actually all get back in the studio together and it's easier to arrange it? Mm. You know, so the Carrie, Wood, uh, Carrie Underwood album, uh, she did a song, I think, Hallelujah, but I think they, it was like a different version that they might have written. And it was her and John Legend. And I really loved that. That was something, anything yeah. Carrie Wood does, because her voice is so, so good. I mean, like, you listen to her at the CMAs doing How Great Thou Art, and you're just, like, blown away. Yeah. So, like, just something like that, I think, would be really fun with her or something like that. But. Can you imagine how confusing it'd be if we released another Hallelujah, <laughs> but it was a different version? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but it was a, I, I, I want to do Underneath the Tree by Kelly Clarkson. Oh, I've been wow. hearing that on the radio and in Target and everything everywhere. And I'm like, this song is so fun. Yeah. I so saw I was actually looking this up because I was fascinated. Yeah, no, it's definitely different lyrics. Cause I love the Leonard Cohen version. And to me, that's one yeah. of like the, the greatest songs ever written. For sure. But yeah, so, yeah, so this murders. is a different one. So I was like, I would love to do something like that with her. She's just so good. And obviously John Legend is, is a king. So. <laughs> Cool. What do you guys want to, I mean, okay, so we'll wrap up on a Christmas uh, sort of message for everybody, because obviously this is a, you know, besides the obvious is we all need a little Christmas. So what do you want people to take from this record this year and a year where, let's face it, man, everybody needs some cheering up. And especially, you know, there's a lot of people who are not going to get to be like, I have friends in California, uh, you know, a lot of people obviously from California, from the East Coast, and they're not traveling. So what do you want people to take from this record in terms of, you know, hoping the, you know, I can't talk this morning at all, but hopefully giving them a little <laughs> lift and spirit. Wow. I, I would hope that the record just allows them to feel the nostalgia of, of what, what was and, and keep that in their heart because I think that hopefully will give them hope going into 2021. That's definitely how I felt as we were making this, this record. Like, the nostalgia of what was, we get to, as you know, as Joe Biden says, kind of build back better. 
And so I kind of want to remember, remember what was so that I can go in and to 2021 with just more hope in terms of what, what we can do in, in, in our future. Yeah. And keeping in mind that like everything, it passes yeah. and that this is going to be a different Christmas for us all, but it will, it, 2021 will be better. Yeah. Cool. Anything you guys want to add? I did not ask you about. Um, I don't know, dude. Why we need a little Christmas on iTunes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, and also I gotta say, this is one of my most favorite interviews. I just love how relaxed you are, and just yeah, this is great. So much knowledge from all the other artists you've worked with, and just makes for a lot of um, fun during the interview. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. No, it's. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I've done this a few thousand times now, so <laughs> <laughs> you know. And it's funny because uh, I love the fact that you reference Stevie as well, because one of my favorite people in the history of music. In fact, you'll appreciate the story that I'll let you guys go. But after talking with Stevie, I have a. I, I established the Stevie rule for music, which is essentially that you know no one is allowed to be an asshole because he's the nicest guy in the world. And unless you've ever written an album as good as Songs of the Key of Life or Intervisions, which 99% of artists haven't, you don't get to be an asshole. There's no room yeah. for that. I agree. The sweetest guy. Yeah. 100%. That's, how I feel, that's how I feel about Kelly Clarkson. I'm like, she's had all these number ones and she's had the biggest career that anyone ever has and she couldn't be nicer. So you're not allowed to be mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Thank you guys so much. This was a pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it was. Cool. Have a good, good one. Talk Thanks. To you. Bye. Bye. Have a good holiday. Hey, this is Steve Balton. You've been listening to My Turning Point with Pentatonix. Thanks. When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. Thank you. You're welcome, sweetie. Have a good day. The demand for healthcare professionals who deliver both comfort and critical care is growing. FindNursingSchools.com connected me with an accelerated Bachelor's of Nursing degree program in my area with expanded capacity so I could complete the program in 16 months. Now I'm on the path to an in-demand career that offers job stability, flexible schedules, competitive pay, and the choice of where to work. Visit FindNursingSchools.com to begin your journey today. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett. 
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 